You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 147 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thanks. Episode yeah. 147, we were uh, just here just a few days yeah, ago doing episode here. 146. <laughs> uh, and if you've missed it, uh, the 146 episode we recorded Thursday, that was uh, for the most part about the expansion draft, uh, which seems ages ago given all that's yeah. happened. Uh, but now we're at 147. And uh, and yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, feeling, feeling good. But the question is, the important question is, yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I appreciate you asking. I, I am feeling better. Uh, if, if you listen to episode 146, uh, you might have noticed heavy breathing, a lot of heavy breathing that was uh, on my part. <laughs> and that was because I was just not having a, a good time that day. I was uh, uh, kicked in the kicked in the head by the <laughs> by the second dose and uh, was not was not feeling at my best and uh, certainly feeling much better now. It seems that I've gotten out the other side with respect to the side effects that I was feeling and, and not even sore arm at this point, which that, that, that's a good sign for me. So, uh, no, no chills, no headache, no cough, feeling much better now. And, and, and that's great because yeah, as I said, I, as I said on Thursday, super happy to have that taken care of and to do my part, get the second dose. Uh, but yeah, the side effects, not, not very fun for a few days. <laughs> well, you powered through, um, yeah. you were a tower of power. <laughs> Yeah. Not only a <laughs> tremendous punk, a funk band from the, the 70s, yeah. but, but also the nickname now for Owen Power, uh, yep. the first pick of the 2021 NHL entry draft. And yes, Rick, that will be uh, a, a primary focus of this episode. We'll tee up what's to come in this show. We've got the NHL entry draft. We're going to talk about some highlights, going to get into some of the Canadian selections in the first segment as well. We've got some injury news as well. Just to point out, Carey Price, we talked about that on Thursday. Uh, we have an update regarding Carey Price. Yeah, some NHL movement going on. 
All of that coming in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to get to the Canadians' first-round selection of Logan Mayu, a uh, controversial pick to say the least. Uh, we're going to be getting into that story in the second segment, Rick. But before we get there, mm-hmm. uh, every week, Rick, our listeners, they hear us talk about the Montreal Canadiens, hear us talk about the NHL, but they've heard us talk quite a bit about DraftKings. True. And uh, they are the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. And making a lineup, Rick, on DraftKings, it adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. You made your lineup while you paused there. You, you I actually did, made yeah. Your I was lineup. getting it that ready. Was, yep. That was great. So, <laughs> so draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. Absolutely, Rick, because you have to be absolutely at your, you have to be conscious, right, when you're making this, because DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars, to users across all sports. So a lot of thought needs to go in to who you put in that lineup. And that's because DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in in all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And yes, Rick, uh, THPN. The Hockey Podcast Network, uh, we're an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and and it allows uh, a number of things. And uh, we kind of teased it on Thursday that uh, we were going to have a new contest. It came out on our Twitter feed. Go to our Twitter feed. Look for the tweet about wood jerseys. Uh, wood jerseys, they're, this is a, we've given away jerseys before. We've given away NHL jerseys. This is something a little different. Wood jerseys makes replica jerseys, Montreal Canadian replica jerseys out of wood that you can mount on your wall in your media room, in your man cave, in, in yeah. uh, w- uh, your, your, your memorabilia room. Uh, these things are spectacular, and uh, it's very easy uh, to get involved uh, and to, to uh, have a chance to win. All you have to do is uh, be following us, following All Habs, at All Habs, following Wood Jerseys, and then you retweet the, the contest post. And uh, next week, we'll be, uh, we'll be hopefully announcing uh, a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing those on social media, they look absolutely incredible. So... Definitely want to enter that contest and then try to get one of those bad boys hung up wherever, yeah, in your memorabilia, your your man cave, wherever you'd like to have that. They're certainly something that you'd be interested in having. Um, so, Rick, we'll, we'll get into some news. Um, Rick, last episode Thursday, we talked in large part about Shea Weber and Mark Bergevin talked about Shea Weber and the news surrounding Shea Weber at that point was not very good that he would miss all of this season and and potentially a lot longer than that. We were recording the episode uh, when the the, uh, Shea Weber or the Mark Bergevin uh, presser was happening about Shea Weber. Um, But the the news was was not good. It was difficult. Uh, Mark Bergevin said that he had a very emotional conversation with Shea Weber. He talked about how difficult every 
and not every game, but every practice it was for Shea Weber to to get ready, to get himself uh, ready to get uh, on the ice because of the multiple injuries he was dealing with. Talked about how much pain he's in. Um, and uh, how much uh, the the years of, of uh, difficult play have the, the mileage that's been accumulated and the minutes that has been accumulated on yeah. his body. Um, uh, Mark Bergevin very bluntly said that there was no chance that uh, Shea Weber will play next season and that there's a good likelihood that his uh, career is over. Uh, that won't be determined yet. His whole status, his long-term injury uh, relief uh, on the cap, uh, none of that will be determined until training camp. And uh, at training camp, Shea Weber will have a a physical, and then the determination uh, will be made about LTIR. Uh, but it's it it the the news was was uh, not good. Yeah, yeah, and, and Rick, I mean. We wondered if if there were people who knew within the Canadians organization the severity of those injuries, and it didn't appear that anyone really did know what Shea Weber was no. playing through. And I mean, given everything that we know about Shea Weber, that's exactly what you would expect. He was playing through some of the more uh, difficult things that a guy can play through, and he was playing 25 minutes a night, only second. Uh, you know, among Canadian skaters in ice time behind Ben Sherrod, his defensive partner, right? Like this guy was playing incredible, uh, physically demanding minutes and he did everything that he could. And yeah, um, the Canadians going forward without Shea Weber, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. And um, yeah, abs- Mark Bergevin made the, made the point to say that uh, you can't, you can't replace can't Shea replace. Weber. You can get somebody to eat the minutes, but replacing him, that's, that's out of the question. Uh, but Rick, we should mention every week or every day on allhabs.net, you have Chris's notepad that comes out on Mondays, but Thursday, uh, Tuesday, excuse me, through Friday on allhabs.net, you have the headline posts that run down the day's news uh, and events of the week. Summer's difficult for uh, our listeners and fans to to stay engaged and, and to keep on top of everything. So we provide a capsule news package called Headlines. Um, every weekday uh, that, uh, that 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 highlights the news that that you need to know, so that when it comes time for training camp, you say, "How did that happen? Where did that player yeah. come from?" <laughs> uh, you'll 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 keep on top of it, and uh, it's uh, it's a very easy read, um, and you can uh, scroll through the articles, and and uh, it's it's something that's uh, very popular uh, for our listeners. Go to all Habs. .net and look for the headlines post. Absolutely, they'll keep you up to date. Um, so, Rick, we'll, we'll move on to some roster news, some injury, an injury update here regarding Carey Price. Uh, he saw a specialist in New York City regarding his hip and his knee. Uh, he had knee surgery on Friday with a recovery time expected about 10 to 12 weeks, which would be just in time. Uh, he won't miss any time, not expected to miss any time, which... You know, kind of goes against the uh, <laughs> the leaks that were happening in advance of the expansion draft. Expansion draft Wednesday, and yes, the the news that was leaked out was kind of dire that uh, Carey Price would miss at least the first uh, month of the season, maybe half the season, maybe more. Uh, it was said um, Carey Price had an appointment uh, with. Uh, um, uh, Dr. I've got it here, Dr. Robert Marks, 
uh, in New York City, a specialist um, on Thursday. Um, and as you said, the surgery uh, to his knee happened on Friday. Um, it was determined that his hip injury uh, didn't require surgery. That's good news. Yeah. Um, and as you said, uh, 10 to 12 week recovery. And so that would that would mean that he would be available uh, for the Canadians um, um, regular season opener on October 13th that takes place in Toronto. Yeah, right back in Toronto uh, <laughs> for Carey Price. It was it went pretty well the last time he played in Toronto, uh-huh. I think. Uh, but yeah, Rick, so that that's great news for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, definitely want to have Carey Price to start the season, and they will. Um, so, Rick, we'll, we'll move on and, and get to some NHL trades that went down. Uh, and, Rick, boy, oh, boy, and you expect some movement on draft day and leading up to draft day. Uh, the way that things shook out, Rick, the year were, there were some blockbuster moves, and some of which we're not going to get to. We're going to just get to the ones that are pertinent for the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens that they might have been interested in and in perhaps trading for those guys. The first we'll get to is is Seth Jones to Chicago. And uh, Seth Jones to Chicago for Adam Bockfist and a package of picks. Um, Rick, that was a blockbuster move, a really nice move, I think, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But Seth Jones was somebody, Rick, who if you're looking at a guy to eat up the minutes that Shea Weber will be the, the you know, sort of fill that hole. Um, Seth Jones would have been a guy that could have done that. But when you look at the package that went back to Columbus, I'm not sure that the Canadians could have matched that. That's true. Um, Seth Jones would have been that. And, and we heard that uh, the Canadians had uh, done their due diligence, had checked in mm-hmm. to see what it would, would have taken to, uh, uh, land Seth Jones, um, but as you said, that was a pretty rich package that went. Seth Jones yeah. uh, now in Chicago, uh, reunited. Well, uh, united with his his united. brother, um, <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of a, a fun story and maybe a, a theme as as we go through. Yeah. Certainly when we get into the draft. Um, but you know, as you said, lots of the 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 def- defensive trade market. Um, you know, in the space of 24 hours or so, there was uh, Jake Bean traded, uh, Seth Jones that we talked about. You said Adam Boquist uh, as part of this trade, Oliver ekman Larson, um, yeah, uh, Robert Hag, uh, Shane Gostaspear, uh, Nick Letty, of course, uh, happened uh, a week or so ago, uh, going to Detroit, um, and then Rasmus Restalainen. Mm-hmm. Rasmus Ristolainen as well. Yeah. And that was an interesting one because people were a little bit unsure of what Rasmus Ristolainen would go for in the trade market. Of course, uh, a pretty hefty contract, uh, not somebody that the sort of trend in his play has not been great over the last few years. But of course, the frame, the size of Rasmus Ristolainen, that's tantalizing. And the Philadelphia Flyers ultimately paid a pretty nice price to get Rasmus Ristolainen. They play, paid a whopper of a price. My goodness, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was huge. Uh, however, uh, Chuck Fletcher has uh, he he gave himself some room with with cap space. Um, mm-hmm. He he got himself two uh, top four defensemen uh, yep. in short order, um, and uh, you know he's he's making some. He the the Flyers were said to be aggressive in the. Uh, trade market, uh, and uh, and they have been. But again, 
with respect to the Canadians, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, and someone who would have provided the physical physicality uh, that um, the size and physicality to fit into that. Uh, the big four, the, the the four Clydesdales, whatever you want to call them, yeah. uh, he might have fit the bill, but um, you know we wouldn't have wanted to see uh, Mark Bergevin compete with the offer that they yeah. got from Philadelphia. And as you said, Philadelphia had been active in the trade market. They then did one for one, Jakub Voracek mm-hmm. back to Columbus for Cam Atkinson. So yeah, very interesting offseason so far in Philadelphia. And Cam Atkinson is thrilled. Uh, yeah. The post <laughs> the that he made. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be uh, pretty excited about that. So that'll be an interesting one to see how it all works out. And Rick, this all leads to Jack Eichel. And we talked about Rasmus Ristolainen and people wondering the price that would that he would go for. The price is, is set at the ceiling. It's pretty astronomical for Jack Eichel at the moment. And you completely expect that given that he is a franchise caliber piece um but rick the canadians still said to have still in the mix expressing interest in jack eichel uh elliot friedman reported that the canadians were um had a lot of conversations um with the sabers regarding uh jack eichel on friday uh that uh, he said it was pretty quiet on saturday but that um the Canadians were very serious about uh, about Jack Eichel. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting one, Rick, uh, if the Canadians are able to pull that off. But yeah, the price is, uh, is, yeah. is very high. <laughs> um, and, and that would be prospects and picks. Uh, yes, for and that. picks. Um, yeah. Just uh, we, you mentioned it in our pre-show about uh, Reinhardt going, going yeah. uh, uh, that that was... Uh, uh, to Florida, that's a that's a very interesting piece, and and we mention it not that the Canadians were necessarily interested in Reinhardt, but uh, that may, that's going to make uh, Florida a whole much uh, a, a lot more difficult to play against. Absolutely, and they were and, already and what, pretty good. They were good to begin with, so yeah, they get another piece there in Reinhardt, who, who I've always really liked. Uh, but yeah, things things in Buffalo have been things in Buffalo, but I thought that Buffalo got a nice return there with they Devin did. Levi. He was, mm-hmm. he was great in the world juniors. Hopefully that that's, that's a goaltender of the future for them. Uh, but yeah, Rick, we will, we'll move on and get to the NHL draft, the 2021 NHL entry draft. We'll talk about sort of our general feelings about the first round and then get into our thoughts on the Canadians day two of the draft. Um, Rick day one of the draft, uh, it was, was on ESPN two and, um, there was a lot, a lot to like on, on you know, the early part of that draft, the the Hughes brothers, Jack Hughes embracing his brother Luke. I think that that was the highlight of the night. I think that was that was the best moment for me, uh, and just the unbridled excitement from Jack. Uh, and and you know, just thinking about we talked about how many brothers have been, you know, uh, Hayden and 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 Kale and in Seattle and Jones and uh, Seth Jones and. His brother Caleb in in, in Chicago, uh, yeah. Like you, how great must it be to know that you are on an NHL team? That that alone, but then that your brother is coming to play with you. Like that's that's got to be like just a top ten feeling ever. <laughs> so that was a great night, and uh, it was great to watch. But in addition to that, Rick, just a lot of players uh, in the first round. You had uh, Tyler Boucher, the son of Brian. Uh, you had. Mm-hmm. Mike Sillinger's son, you had, you know, like 
it was interesting to see those sort of lineage, the players that were, I mean, and Corey Stillman's son as well. I mean, a lot of guys that, you know, it's strange for me to be in that position. And it might be that, you know, you sort of age into that. But to see guys that I grew up watching, to see their sons get selected as first round draft picks and, and later on in the draft, too. That was that was um, that was wild for me. Are you getting old? <laughs> I'm getting old, I think. <laughs> Is that what that means? Is that what that is that is that is that how that happens? I don't I don't get that. Uh, Shane Doan and and his son Shane Josh. Doan. What yeah. an interview uh, that they had. The brothers. Um, uh, you mentioned the Hughes. The the reaction that that was that was priceless. Uh, the Doc brothers. That was a great interview. Yep, doc, um, yeah. uh, where where they came and. Um, uh, came in and, and almost tackled each other, and there was the story came out about them uh, breaking through a wall in in, in the house. Um, all of that was um, just really, really nice. Um, it was uh, the University of Michigan draft. Uh, the, yeah. the Wolverines. You had uh, between committed players and uh, and commits, uh, committed recruits. You had Owen Power you, at, at number one. You had uh, Matt Beneers at two, uh, Luke Hughes at four, Kent Johnson at, at five, um, Mackie uh, Samakevich at 24, Dylan Duke at 126. It's a pretty good draft for uh, Michigan. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was really touching was when Minnesota um, made their picks, the Wild. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Curvers, who recently passed away, uh, and Tom Curvers, of course, uh, defensive with M- Montreal Canadiens, but then went on to uh, be on uh, the hockey operations staff in, in Minnesota. His children uh, made the picks. Uh, yeah. And man, that was uh, that was just touching. Uh, it so, was. Uh, lots of... Lots of good feeling um, uh, coming out of the draft, and and uh, um, yeah, we'll get into some other stories. Uh, uh, the other story, I guess, uh, in the second segment. But there was really some some good news and wonderful uh, good feelings out of uh, out of this draft. Yeah, there was. Yeah, and uh, as I said, I thought the uh, all the brothers and everything like. I think teams trying to recreate the Sedins here and I, and I love it. Like it's, it's cool when you see brothers get getting to play together and, and sort of, you know, my, my hope from a year ago was that the Canadians would find a way to get Ryan Suzuki and see if that would see what, we'll see what that would be like. But of course, you know, that's, that's, that might be a difficult thing to pull off, but we're seeing all the brothers playing together. So who knows, maybe that down the road, that's, that's something that happens, but Rick, uh, we'll move on and we'll get into the Canadians work at the draft aside from, the good feelings and all of that. We'll get into their work on day two. And Rick, it started with pick 63, uh, Riley Kidney from Nova Scotia. And uh, he had a really good playoffs uh, with Acadie Bathurst to the QMJHL. And, and he's somebody that, Rick, when I've been watching footage of him, he looks like a really nifty player. Somebody that, that's got a lot of of hockey IQ, somebody that has good playmaking ability. And there's a lot of clips of him where you see that he has a clear cut chance on a breakaway and he'll see somebody out of the corner of his eye and make a pass to somebody who just has to tap it in and it's an easy goal. And yeah, those are chances that might not come up as often when you get to the NHL. But for me, I just like that the Canadians drafted somebody here who's got that, you know, good speed, good skill, can create I mean there's still some things that you'd like him to improve on of course as there is with every player but 
that type of creativity, that type of playmaking, when I looked at the Canadians and what they needed, especially down the stretch, when you watched a Canadian's power play, they would have five right shots out there more often than mm. not. You would like to have a little bit more balance there. And I don't know that Riley Kidney is going to be a guy that plays in the on the power play if he gets to the NHL. He probably will, given his skill set, if he, you know, actual if he can reach it. But, you know, they need more left shots. And Riley Kidney is somebody that's got a lot of things to like in his game. He's he's a hard worker. He wins battles. I, I think that he's somebody that could you know, turn out to be a, a really nice pick for the Montreal Canadiens. And at 63, given the way that he looks, 17 points in, in nine games in the postseason run for Acadie Bathurst, I think that that's, that's a nice bet at number 63. I agree uh, completely. And and for those of you that are saying, hey, wait a minute, what about their first round pick? We're, we're going to get to that. We're, we'll get there. We'll, <laughs> we'll get, get there. there in the second yeah. segment. Uh, but now in the second round, as, as you said, uh, pick number 63, uh, was Riley Kidney. They went back to back. Then they had uh, pick number yeah. 64. And I, I should say that the Canadians went into uh, the day, or into the weekend with 11 picks. Uh, mm-hmm. There was some trades and things. And we'll, we'll mention those as we go along. Uh, but they came out of it with uh, with nine players, uh, which is uh, more than, than usual. And I think in this very, very unusual year, um, where where um, viewings were limited, where some some guys uh, didn't even didn't play. play. Yeah, uh, it was very difficult. So uh, uh, Trevor Timmons was looking at um, you know taking a, a number of, of uh, stabs at the with the dartboard, uh, and that uh, that 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 would up their chances. And and uh, uh, he talked about Oliver Kapanen. Oliver Kapanen. Uh, pick number 64 came from Culpa in, in the Finnish Junior League, and uh, he's a centerman. And uh, he said that uh, the Canadians' Finnish scout, uh, Hanno Lane, was, was really high on this player. Um, he's, he's, uh, they, the Canadians see this guy as, as a center. He's got really, um, of course, uh, in Finland, he's a, a 200-foot player, plays all the zones well, uh, really um s- solid hockey sense um and has a very good wrist shot um and one of the scouts i uh i thought this was an interesting quote um they said um because we know we know the the knock on a player like Arturi Lekkonen we know mm-hmm. what the knock is there yeah uh, the the quote on uh, Kapanen is uh once he gets below the dot there's very small chance for a pass from Kapanen he's a yeah. shooter He's, he's shooting the puck, yeah, uh, and he's got a great wrist shot. Had 25 goals, uh, tied for the junior league. Um, he doesn't uh, work inside, get to the net all that much. But um, uh, uh, Timmons really said that it was the hockey sense that drew him, and they they like his uh, his potential for growth. Yeah, and I I like that pick a lot. I think anytime for me when you get an opportunity to draft a Finnish player. Those are guys, as you said, all three zones. You don't have to worry about those guys. They develop very well. So that is, I think, a really nice pick there. So then you move on, Rick. And I think you saw perhaps one of the points of emphasis uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in this year's draft. We saw in a couple years ago that it was left shot defenseman. This year, right shot defenseman. And it started with Dmitry Kostenko. And he's somebody that I think is very interesting because he played against men and juniors this season in Russia. So 
he's somebody that you have a little bit of a sample size of against men, against people his own age, against players his own age. So that's very interesting there. Uh, but he's somebody that looks like a pretty creative player with the puck on his stick. And that's something that I think, you know what, you cannot have enough of that. And for the Montreal Canadiens, we know that they got to where they got with the, you know, the big, strong four Clydesdales. You also need some puck movers. And he's a creative passer. He can has a strong outlet pass. And you know what? The skating is probably the drawback here. And, and that might be a theme with what the Canadians ended up doing on the second day of the draft. There's always going to be a flaw on day two of the draft with the players that you select. His seems to be his skating. And that, that is the case with a few of the other guys, uh, the quickness, it, it'll be interesting to see if he can make that jump to the pro to the NHL, uh, defending is going to be a bit of a challenge perhaps, but when you have somebody that can make plays with the puck on his stick and is, is creative, I mean, I think you take the chance at that. So 87, I think that's a pretty nice bet for a guy that potentially could be a power play guy that could be somebody that you get a little bit of offense out of. I think that that's a nice selection for the Montreal Canadiens there. Now, our keen uh, listeners will say, hey, what happened to pick number 76? Because the Canadians had yeah. two picks in the third round. And uh, that one was the first trade uh, of Mark Bergeron, the first trade of the day. That uh, pick number 76 was traded to Anaheim, and it's uh, traded for Anaheim's third-round pick in 2022. Um, so that brings us to round four, and the Canadians had uh, four pick, sorry, three picks in round four, uh, but only used one of them. Um, yeah. They traded uh, 126 to uh, Tampa Bay uh, for Tampa's uh, uh, fourth-round pick in in. Uh, uh, 2022. Um, and I would say that, that you just should have watched who, uh, Tampa took and you should have taken that person, um, yeah. in, in that round. <laughs> that, that's kind of, yeah. they've been so, uh, done so well with drafting, uh, particularly at the, the later rounds. Um, and, oh, yeah. um, at Braden point. You yeah. Know? How about that guy? Yeah. yeah. He's turned, he's turned out pretty well. Really? Um, <laughs> they traded pick 127 to Minnesota, uh, and that was for later picks in the 2021 draft, uh, pick number 150 and pick 20, uh, 214. Uh, but the pick that they used was on uh, William Trudeau um, from Charlottetown. Uh, one of the Q picks, one of four Q picks uh, on the day, um, a left defenseman. Um, and uh, this is a guy that uh, they, they like because of his uh, hockey sense. Um, that's his, um, I, I think his strength, his ability to make, uh, decisions, uh, good decisions, uh, with the puck at pace. Um, his biggest drawback, you mentioned it, it might be a bit of a theme skating. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, you know, when you get into, uh, the rounds, there's going to be flaws and it seems like the Canadians, uh, were, um, were okay putting up with a flaw of, of poor skating, um, and I, I guess the, the thought process there is, um, you know, m maybe it's, it's something that, uh, that they can fix, that they can work on, that, that the, the, the player can work on. Um, but that's the, that's almost a common theme, uh, throughout. Um, this is a guy who, who has pretty good compete level in his own end. 
Um, it, it's just that foot speed that uh, caused yeah. him some issues with gap control and and uh, all of that. Some of his retrievals were were pretty slow. Um, he's, he's, he's having trouble, um, um, competing at the Q level. So, you know, that's going to be an issue, uh, as he moves along. It's something that's on his, uh, things to do list and, and the Canadians will probably, uh, help him with his mechanics or get, get that, uh, uh, addressed. And as long as he's willing to work on it, put in the work, um, the Canadians are hopeful, uh, for this pick. Yeah, and then their next selection was 142, and that was another Russian right-shot defenseman. This was Daniil Sobolev. And this is where it gets interesting, Rick, because as you mentioned, uh, he didn't play all season with the OHL not having games to play. So you're going off of a sample size of the underage play that he did in Russia. And, you know, he's the thing with him is he is not at this point point in time somebody that you would view as being an offensive producer uh he's only recorded six points in 48 mhl games in 2019 2020 uh but the thing that you like about him is he's mobile so the skating thing that we talked about with the other guys maybe not as as pertinent with 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 sobolev he's got a little bit more of perhaps a head start on that and he's physical uh, he's grown a few inches, so that's something as well. The physicality, the mobility, and he can also make a, a pretty nice outlet pass. He just doesn't have that offensive part of his game. And the thing that I would say to that, Rick, I mean, if he hasn't played all season, I mean, there's there's a chance that that's something that can develop, especially the fact that he hasn't played all year. There might have been, you know, steps in some regards with things that he's been working on individually and maybe those are things that can be implemented into games maybe it's harder to do that of course it'll be interesting to see there but i already like the the place where you're starting with this prospect mm -hmm. you have mobility you have physicality and you have somebody that he needs to grow in as the same the same thing with kostenko he needs to grow into he's six foot needs to grow into his frame a little bit but this is a guy i mean he grew a few inches so perhaps even a little bit taller than that now but he's physical he's mobile move the puck a little bit so I think you're getting somebody here at 142 that, that might have good value, and perhaps you might even see a little bit of growth in the offensive game he hasn't played in a year. So perhaps you'll see that, but maybe not. <laughs> in his uh, media availability, and, and he had a Russian uh, translator, he was asked about um, in, you know the, the size and uh, the height and weight uh, because there was wild discrepancies. These guys yeah. haven't these guys haven't played who haven't played. Uh, you know, sometimes the information is is outdated on them, and uh, the, the uh, he said that he's put on uh, five kilograms, a couple inches in height. Uh, Trevor Timmons said this guy is a conditioning beast; uh, that he's really <laughs> fit, and because he's had a lot of time in Michigan, uh, waiting for the OHL to uh, to do nothing but uh, uh, improve his 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 size and and uh, and his and his body. Um, so where, where Sobolev is, is, uh, his focus on fitness, we're going to get to another guy, uh, Joshua Waugh, uh, where that's a bit of an issue. And, and Joshua Waugh went, uh, fifth round, uh, at, uh, pick number 150s, um, a left winger from Sherbrooke. Um, he's hockey sense is, uh, is strong. Uh, he's, mm -hmm. he's very smart. Um, uh, but he's all offense. He's, he loves to be on offense. 
He's an excellent uh, uh, power play uh, guy, and uh, he does a great job uh, on the power play. He's he's creative. He draws people to him. He 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 provides space for uh, his line mates. Um, doesn't panic. Great puck poise. Uh, they say from him, um, and has a great shot. He can score just about anywhere if he's in the offensive zone uh he can get the puck through and uh and his shot uh can uh, can can get past um there are issues uh the issue with him is uh his compete level he needs to play at a higher pace um he, there's a lot of puck watching waiting for the the team for his line mates to transition to to um offense uh, he doesn't engage. He's not a physical player. He doesn't engage physically. He doesn't play defense. Um, he's uh, and and skating are uh, a bit of an issue. Um, there was a question of, of from uh, the media of Trevor Timmons and whether this related to um, uh, character issues. Um, and uh, Trevor Timmons said no. He thinks there's two issues here. Uh, one is is conditioning um, that he has natural ability, but that he needs to be in better shape, and they have a, the Canadians have a plan for that, and that will help his commitment because once he has better conditioning, he'll be able to engage better. Um, so they 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 know what they're getting, and they have a plan to uh, deal with it for Joshua Waugh. At one fifty, I mean, you take your chances there. I think, uh, but. Moving on to 191, it was Xavier Simino, and he is somebody, Rick, he's already 20 years old. He's gone through a few drafts, so there's less years of growth there. Uh, but the thing about Simino is he's a smaller player at five foot seven, and we know, Rick, those are guys that they get passed over. They get looked over mm-hmm. a little bit. Those are guys that are typically made available in the later part of the draft, Uh but the thing about this guy, Rick, that that I think it's a nice bet to make is he's got, you know, he's a strong skater. Perhaps, I mean, you, you want to see guys at smaller heights be a little bit more explosive to get themselves into danger areas to, yeah. you know, go by defenders. He doesn't really have that type of a burst, but he's got offensive skill. He's got a playmaking ability that maybe gives him a chance at the next level. Uh, there's, there's skill there. And I think that he's somebody as well that that's got a nice work ethic. He works hard, he's well-rounded, you know, there's, there's not really the same level of concern about his play away from the puck that there might exist with Joshua Wah. So, I mean, for me, Rick, I, I like taking this chance. Smaller guys, they're made available later parts of drafts, and we've seen in years past that there are guys that can make a difference. And if there's somebody that have the sort of work ethic, that have the desire to try to get better and not let their height be the sort of limitation on them, I, I, I like taking a gamble here. And at 191, he's, he is 20 years old. That's the thing. There's less years of growth there. But at 191, I think it's worth taking a shot. This was his third shot at, at the draft, yeah. and uh, um, it's it's interesting that in the media availability, Trevor Timmons, when it when it came to Simino, talked about Harvey Pennard, Raphael Harvey yeah. Pennard. Um, uh, there is a small player, uh, not a great skater, uh, but is tenacious and is smart, and and that's uh, uh, Timmons said. Listen, we've had pretty good uh, success with Harvey Pennard. Uh, and and we think that we can do the same thing um, uh, with Simino, you know. Uh, 
skating issues, but but the the drive, the the hockey sense, yeah. uh, the tenacity, uh, the work ethic, uh, those are the things that that they found important. So um, that's that's a, a worthy risk to uh, to take, I think. Um, that brings us to the seventh round, and mm-hmm. uh, the Canadians had going into this uh, this the seventh round had picked two twenty three. Um, uh, that's a pick that they traded, uh, to Arizona and got back St. Louis's, uh, seventh round pick in 2022. But we said that from Minnesota, they had picked up an extra, uh, seventh round pick. And that's the pick that they use, um, to choose a goaltender, uh, another seventh round goaltender. Uh, we remember Caden Primo was selected in the seventh round. Uh, this is Joe Verbetic from uh, North Bay, the North Bay Battalion. Uh, however, being an OHL team, uh, Joe didn't play uh, last year. Um, so this is another situation where um, y- you have to make a judgment uh, based on limited viewings. And and um, Joe is uh, massive. He's 6'6", um, just 190. Uh, just, uh, but, a, a, a big goalie with, uh, very athletic, good fluid move, movements as he transitions from, uh, one, one position to another. Um, don't look at his record. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't look, no. <laughs> don't look at his record. Um, his record is, uh, 14, 25 and one, a 4.23 goals against average and an 881 save percentage. And you think what in the world? Um, the battalion were a horrible team. They won 17 games, only 17 games. This is going back, not last season, uh, the, the season before. before. Yeah. Um, they lost 45 games, won 17, uh, but Joe Verbetic won 14 of those games. Yeah. Uh, the other goalies on that team went 3-19. and 19. Um, So uh, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a solid goalie on a really bad team. And mm-hmm. um, Timmons, Timmons said, uh, listen, he's from the Ottawa area. Of course, that's where Timmons from. Um, he's a really big goalie. He played on a bad team a couple of years ago in, in uh, North Bay. Um, he said, you know, we, we don't know. Uh, he hasn't played for, for so long. Uh, but here's a goalie who, who is coordinated, has, uh, who's, who's very reflexive, who's uh, agile, um, and, and for his size, um, is, is, uh, is, is a really, here's, here's a goalie that doesn't necessarily read very well. Uh, his hockey sense is, is, uh, uh, and his ability to, 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 uh, uh, figure out the play, what the the forwards are going to do, uh, is not very good. If, if there's a fake, if there's any kind of deception, he's not very good on that. He's a reaction goal tender, and his reactions are are pretty darn good. The Canadians feel that that uh, that they can teach him to anticipate uh, what's going to happen a lot better. So, um, again, seventh round. It's it's uh, yeah. and and a guy who hasn't played in a year, but um, a, a player that they thought was worth uh, taking a chance on. Yeah, absolutely. And and from the sounds of it, it is a guy that you should take a shot at, uh, given the fact that he did play on a pretty poor team. And I mean, 14 out of 17 wins for a guy. I mean, I think you take that. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we'll move on and get to some uh, NHL 
news and notes. Uh, and Rick, as as we said on Thursday at six Eastern, uh, the full 2021-2022 NHL schedule was released. And Rick, this includes uh, the the season opener, October 13th, as we talked about. Carey Price be ready to go. Montreal at Toronto, and as I said. Things went pretty good the last time Carey Price played in Toronto. Uh, The home opener will be three days later. uh, New York Rangers in town for the home opener. And then the final game of the season, Rick. And this one might, you know, it might draw some eyebrows. April 29th, the final game of the season, Florida at Montreal. And Rick, that is because of the Olympic break that has been put into, built into the NHL schedule for next season. Making the assumption that there will be an Olympic uh, uh, team, uh, mm-hmm. Olympic teams, and and uh, so the league is going to pause on February third. Uh, they'll have their uh, NHL All Star Weekend, and then have uh, the Olympic break. The, in February, the Canadians have two games, uh, February first and February twenty sixth. Uh, so wow. a big gap between <laughs> the two, and as you said, that takes uh, the season. Much later than it normally would, yes, uh, out yeah. to uh, uh, April 29th. We're talking about a reminder. We're talking about an 82 game regular season. Yes, um, we're talking about the return to the the regular divisional alignment. Um, and 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 many were thinking that uh, you know that the the multi series games were so popular uh, this past year. Uh, that that would be somehow incorporated into the schedule, but that that isn't the case. Um, that won't be the case. It just wasn't from the schedule uh, schedule maker. It wasn't uh, and and building usage and and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, possible this year. But it's something that they'll look at in future. Uh, the only th- I, you mentioned the important dates. The only other date I will mention is a rematch of the Stanley Cup finalists uh, in Montreal on December 7th. Uh, the Canadians will host the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll get a nice warm reception, especially <laughs> Nikita Kucherov. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to make that's an that's an Atlantic Division matchup. You're going to see a lot of the Tampa. That's going to make things very. And you pointed that out before. I think the playoffs or before the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to make it very awkward the next couple of years. Uh, that's for sure. So. Uh, Rick, uh, we'll take our first break here in the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to be discussing the Montreal Canadiens selecting uh, Logan Mayu with their first round pick. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. 
HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. And Rick, uh, one of the Canadians draft selections that we just talked about, uh, we have an update on Oliver Kapanen. Well, isn't it nice when um, the the prospects help us out on the show to to uh, yeah. uh, prove things right? We we should say that there is, as there is um, each summer, um, used to be called the summer showcase, um, and uh, it was um, uh, it's a, a tournament. It it has various uh, teams that come to it of prospects. These are kind of a selection uh, training camp, a selection showcase. Uh, for the World Juniors uh, that will happen later in the year. Um, and uh, that Canadians' prospects are in uh, this tournament. It's made up of Team USA, uh, Team Sweden, and Team Finland. And uh, the game that's going on right now, and uh, the coverage is at AHL Report. Uh, follow Amy Johnson's coverage at uh, the AHL Report on Twitter. Um, it's one nothing Finland, and the first goal for Finland goes to Oliver Kapanen. Um, turnover at the USA uh, blue line, and uh, and he took advantage. Um, who was on the ice uh, defending for um, that goal against for Team USA? Uh, another Canadian's prospect, Luke Tuck. Ah, so there you go. <laughs> some uh, some friendly fire between. Habs prospects. So there, if but, and the yeah. point is, if you want to keep up on those prospects who are playing right now, uh, you'll 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 get all the information you need at the AHL report at the AHL report on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to miss any of this coverage, and yeah, the AHL report does a tremendous job of covering uh, this tournament. Um, so, Rick, uh, we'll talk about here. We we started talking about the Canadians draft selections uh, in. The last segment and we started with 63 riley kidney that is because we're going to devote this segment to talk about who the canadians selected with the 31st pick uh, in the nhl entry draft uh, they selected logan mayu from the london knights of the ohl and uh, rick this was a uh, controversial selection to say the least uh, the information in the last couple of weeks coming out about Logan Mayu has been, um, you know, it's been widespread, the daily face-off, writing an article, Frank Saravalli, um, and of course, Frank Saravalli has been everywhere uh, the last little while in his reporting. Um, but yes, Rick, it was, um, there was a lot of feedback about this, and there's a lot of 
of strong feelings, as you can imagine, based on everything that came out in the last little while about this story. And uh, Rick, um, I mean, I think perhaps the place to start is maybe the reactions of the team, uh, the Rocket Sports Media team, and, and where things are, how we reacted, how things have changed over time. If if that's where you would like to to start with this, uh, sure. Uh, listen, this this is a difficult subject, and um, we don't have all the answers. Um, we know how our team reacted to this, and all we're going to do. I think there's been a, an awful lot of uh, well, there's been a lack of objectivity about how this um, has been presented, mostly because it's been so emotionally supercharged. And why not? Uh, we understand uh, the emotional reaction, uh, and we've seen it on Twitter, we've seen it on um, our All Habs fan page on Facebook. And there was emotion from our Rocket Sports team members as well. Listen, we were, we were uh, gathered around, uh, our, our computers gathered around the televisions, watching the first round of the draft. It, it took an enormous length of time to get yeah. to the Canadians' yeah. uh, first pick at 31. Um, and, um, you know, um, uh, our, our, our prospect specialist, uh, Mike Raschel, had prepared uh, two articles and you can still go to allhabs.net and see Mike's articles. Uh, the first is uh, looking at his picks, his choices for uh, rounds one and two. And then he goes, the second uh, uh, part two of that article is uh, his Canadians targets for um, uh, pick, uh, for rounds three through seven. And so we were all watching. We were, we were trading comments. Uh, we were enjoying, uh, uh, you know, some of the... We talked about it before the the nice moments in in the draft, um, and then we got to uh, pick thirty one and and Mark Bergevin and I think that uh, as a group um, we were kind of uh, uh, in in the article as far as Canadians targets. Uh, Mike had kind of settled on uh, Daniel Cheka and uh, Francesco Pinelli, and and we were kind of uh, gathering around Pinelli that that maybe mm-hmm. that was going to be the pick. Um, you know, I talked about Matthew Knees and, 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 uh, that, 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 that came out that, that, uh, the Leafs picked him, um, uh, Jack Pert, we had talked about as, as yeah. maybe a second round pick and, and, um, and certainly a Timmons, prototypical Timmons pick. Um, but we were kind of coalescing around, uh, Pinelli and uh, to our bewilderment, I, 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 no, I won't say our, to my bewilderment, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the pick came as Logan Mayu. Uh, Logan uh, had, um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through the story step by step, yeah. had renounced himself from the draft, um, but Mark Bergevin announced his name. And, um, you know, the reactions on, our Slack group on our internal communication were just um, shock. Um, did that really happen? Um, and and I say my mine my reaction was be- bewilderment. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll turn it to you. I mean, I, I was I was right there with you. I mean, it was it was a shocking thing. I, I did not expect that they would 
do that. I did not expect. I mean, I had the idea that a team at some point throughout the draft was going to select Logan Mayu, but I didn't think that it was going to happen in the first round. And I certainly didn't think that it was going to be the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, it's it is um, for me, Rick. I mean, it was it was sort of um, it was it was a bit of a gut punch. I was a little bit sideswiped by it, if I'm being honest, because it just for me, when you're drafting 18 year olds, um, talent is there. Talent is, is you know, and, and Logan Mayu, from everything that's been said about Logan Mayu, is a first round talent. Absolutely no question. Yes, he's a first round talent ranging anywhere from 15 to 33 in most consensus uh, boards around the NHL. That is that is where Logan Mayu is from a hockey standpoint. But for me, Rick, I mean, and talking about for me, my what I look at when I'm thinking about drafting a guy first and foremost is what type of character are you bringing in? Are you hoping that you see? And and for me, there um, there are a lot of, of guys that uh, that when we get into this story and, and what exactly happened with Logan Mayu, there are you know other 18 year old kids that did not do what Logan Mayu did. And and I would have hoped that the Canadians would have selected one of those very talented and hardworking young men. Um, but regardless, they, they took who they took here. They they believe that that he is somebody that they are, are going to be able to work with. Um, and, and Rick, we're going to get to to all of that. But for me, Rick, it was it was sort of a um, a night where there was a lot to feel good about. We talked about it. Luke Hughes, Jack Hughes. There was a lot to feel good about. By the end of the night, this was a, a little bit of it was a bit of a gut punch. I, I have to be honest. And and looking at the comments and I just looking at them again to, to refresh my memory. It was, there was shock. Um, yeah. Uh, did this really happen? Can't believe it. This is a nightmare. It's disgusting. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. Those were the kind of things that our team, our contributors, um, were, were saying to each other and, and just a, a real uh, point of disbelief. Um, and, and I was asking, and Mike Raschel, uh, was, make sense of this for me, please. Do you, d- does anyone understand that? And, and Mike and I both said separately, um, that, that, and, and as you just said, uh, that, uh, talent wise, um, it's, 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 there's, there, it's good value. Uh, uh, you know, um, it's, it's an easy argument to make if you look at talent and where he was selected. But beyond that, you, you can't even try to make sense of it uh, because of what has happened. Um, yeah. This is a story that has so many different layers, so many different, it's very complicated. It's not easy. There isn't, um, as the phrase that I use, there isn't, um, you know, there's, there isn't angels and devils here. There isn't, um, this isn't easy to, to uh, comprehend or describe. Um, but we're going to try and do that by just presenting, um, the facts and, and, and I think, uh, to describe what really happened. Um, and, and we don't want to get too, uh, into this, uh, but I think it's important to, for, for our listeners to understand, uh, why this, why this emotional, uh, reaction happened, why people were so visibly upset, why they were so outraged, particularly on on social media um and and let's let's try to do that yeah so the story emerged a couple weeks ago um frank saravalli as i said the daily face-off 
another article in The Athletic by Katie Strang uh, and, and Corey Pronman. Uh, those were the stories that drew the attention to this story. And um, essentially what had happened was when Logan Mayu was playing in Sweden, he's on loan playing professionally over in Sweden. He's on loan from the London Knights playing there. And uh, he took a photograph of a young woman who, uh, an explicit photograph uh, to then send it to and disseminate that image to his teammates via Snapchat along with a photograph of who the woman was and her, or well, a a normal picture of her and her name. Uh, So this being without the consent of the young woman, uh, Logan Mayu was charged in Sweden and paid a fine for that. And, um, Rick, it, that is, that is the basic element of this story here is he sends, uh, sent an image, uh, an explicit image without the consent of the other party, without her knowledge of it being taken and without her consent to his teammates. And, uh, that, that's, that's what happened here. And, uh, that is why there is a lot of uneasy feeling about selecting, a, a player who who did that eight eight months ago and he was 17 years old uh, and I believe she was 18 years old um, and yeah that is that is what it all comes down to so the interesting thing for me is the um, the context of this and and the timing um, Logan Mayo was a rookie uh, with the London Knights um, and the OHL, was not playing. Uh, the OHL was in a holding pattern, as it was uh, as it was called, and they kept okay. W- they kept pushing the date back. It, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. Um, so um, Logan Mayu, in in conversation with his agent, um, uh, agent the same as Max Domi, by the way, um, uh, it was uh, suggested that he play in Sweden. Um, and not play in Sweden's Junior Hockey League, but play in their Pro League, to play with men, um, to play in their third-tier um, uh, men's hockey league. Um, so you have a 17-year-old playing primarily with 22- and 23-year-olds. So on the 3rd of November, um, uh, Logan Mayu boarded a plane and left for Sweden. Um, he was, he had never been to Europe before. Um, as you said, he was a minor, 17 years old. And, um, four days later, uh, this incident, this incident happened on November 7th. Uh, he had just arrived. He had just, um, been part of, uh, joined the team, had been part of a couple of practices, uh, his first game uh, with the team was on November 8th, um, and that was a road game. That was a, a, a game where the team was on the bus. Uh, the incident happened, as I said, uh, November 7th, um, and on the bus on November 8th, uh, Logan shared uh, the photo via their Snapchat group uh, with 11 members of the team. Uh, or at least 11 members uh, accessed the photo. As you said, it was a photo that um, um, Logan w- was doing this to 
uh, and and he said uh, stupidly, and we'll, we'll get to his comments later. But he mm-hmm. did as a way to uh, impress his teammates. Uh, he's a 17 year old. Um, uh, he's a minor. They are uh, in, in their early 20s. Um, at the time of the incident, as you said, he was a minor. Uh, the woman was an adult. Um, in the photo, um, she she couldn't have been identified. There was no face visible. It was just her hair uh, and and a bra strap. Um, she was not identifiable at all by the photo. However, he screenshotted her uh, social media profile uh, so that the eleven people would know who she who she was. Um, and uh, this uh, he he this story I, in in a small uh, place uh, spread. The news got back to her. She confronted him about it, um, and and they had discussions about it. Uh, it was the the family that reported it to the police. He was not arrested. Uh, he played uh, the entire time. He played from November eighth to February fourteenth. He played nineteen games, um, and uh, the 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 uh, uh, he he had criminal charges uh, uh, filed against him, um, and that was looked after in December. Um, and, uh, his penalty was to, uh, pay a fine. As you said, uh, the, the fine that, that, uh, the victim's attorney asked for was, uh, $5,400 Canadian, um, uh, that, uh, they, they came, the judge ordered, uh, about half of that, uh, and part of that was paid, uh, to the victim. Those are the, those are the facts. Um, he was there for a short time. He returned to the, uh, he played 19 games and returned to the London Knights in uh, February. Um, that, th- that's, you know, th- this is what, uh, this is what happened. Uh, there were legal consequences for him. He was found guilty. Um, he fulfilled his legal penalty. Um, and then the other processes started once he returned to the London Knights and, and they were made aware of this story. Yeah, so one thing that has been sort of, um, and one thing that has happened over the last little while, we heard from Logan Mayu, we're going to get to audio from from him as well. He's also been undergoing counseling as well, which uh, that was uh, some encouraging news to come out of that the day after it happened. And as I said, we'll, we'll get to that in just a few moments. But we've been talking about the Frank Saravalli story and the Daily Faceoff. Um, that has got a lot of information in it that you can you can find right there very easily easily and accessible and yeah it it uh, paints the picture of a guy as I said that you know you look at a guy who was ranked as high as 15 that went 31st overall so from a hockey perspective and that's what Mark Bergevin talked about at length in his availability you're getting somebody here but Logan Mayu put out a statement ahead of the draft, Rick, um, renouncing himself, uh, which you, you cannot do. Um, a player cannot renounce himself from the NHL draft team, still have the right to select him if they choose to do so. And that is what the Montreal Canadiens elected to do. Uh, Mayu said that he didn't believe that he had showed uh, the maturity necessary uh, to to warrant being a, a draft pick and... 
Rick, uh, yeah, that, that is something that, you know, he put that out ahead of time. And as I said, I mean, I, I think that it would have been uh, interesting and perhaps, um, you know, Greg Wyshynski saying that teams were looking at him as a second round or day two pick other than the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but yeah, it, it would have been um, perhaps nice to see if, if that had come to fruition and uh, he got to go back and perhaps uh, continue his counseling before being drafted to the NHL. But, but we're here now and he was drafted, but he put out that statement ahead of time. And that was another wrinkle into this story. It was, and it, it, there's uh, some good information um, that uh, that uh, uh, Frank Cervelli obtained uh, the 48-page uh, police report. Uh, he released, uh, a, you know, uh, his story was released with the uh, the blessing of uh, the Mayo uh, family and, and agent. Um, that uh, we learned in there that uh, the offense he was charged with was defamation and invasion of privacy, um, uh, illegal photography. Um, and, and so the, uh, it was left to uh, the London Knights once he returned uh, to take action. Now, listen, we've, we've learned of this. Um, um, Sir Ellie's report came out a, a week ago or so. Uh, so we're all new to this. This is all this is all information that we're processing at the time, right now, and and you know as as you've said and we talked about it prior to the show, it's really difficult to to believe yeah. that um, that uh, that enough has been enough has happened that because it's we're processing it and we don't understand yeah. we're still catching up as far as the story, but for uh, the individuals involved. Uh, that ended in December, as I said. Um, and then once he, uh, uh, Logan returned uh, to the London Knights, um, I found it very interesting that the first thing they did um, was to order an independent psychological assessment um, to say, is, is this a character flaw? Does, does this prospect have problems that we should know about? Are, are there any red flag issues here? Um, the... And, and, and amazingly, uh, that report was made available to teams and was made, made available to Cervelli. Uh, and in the report, it says, uh, the, uh, and that's the uh, independent psychological assessment, uh, Mayu displayed well-developed sport-related mental skills and emotional intelligence with particu- particularly strong self-actualization, social responsibility, problem-solving, impulse control, flexibility, reality testing, and st- stress tolerance. Um, that's saying that 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 uh, uh, a 17-year-old made a mistake, um, and he made a very serious mistake, uh, an awful mistake, uh, a mistake that he should have never made. Uh, but that that uh, in in the the assessment, uh, this isn't um, this isn't someone who has difficulty with impulse control. Um, any more than, than any other uh, 17-year-old, any other minor would have uh, at the time. Um, so uh, from that, uh, the London Knights, and, and we know the Hunters, uh, very strong, they're the best development organization, uh, junior development or in the world. Um, they uh, arranged for uh, bi-weekly counseling uh, for Logan, and that has been going on. Uh, since February, um, and and helping him to address these issues, uh, and working with him to provide him with the the supports 
that they need, uh, that, that he needs, um, and, and make him aware of and, and really fully understand the, the uh, ramifications of his, his actions. Yes. Uh, David Branch also released a, 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 a statement that the OHL themselves, David Branch being the commissioner of the OHL, that they are on top of this uh, and that both will be um, in, actively involved um, in this, uh, this ongoing um, journey, as, as uh, Logan called it, um, that uh, in, in him imp- improving his character uh, and becoming a better person. Um, so um, it, it's, it's, it's a very difficult story, lots of layers. For us, as I say, we're, we're just getting this information and trying to process it for the um, principals. Uh, they've, been, they've been on this for eight months now. Yeah. And, and Rick, so of course, uh, with the anticipation that this would stir up a lot of uneasy feelings, uh, this draft selection, the Montreal Canadiens did have a statement prepared for the immediate aftermath of making this election. And that was by drafting prospect Logan Mayu with the 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. The Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's actions. Logan understands the impact of his actions. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and his first step, uh, or the first step, excuse me, on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey by providing him with the tools to mature and the necessary support to guide him with in with him in his development. Uh, we are also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of their actions on the lives of others. So that was from the Montreal Canadiens immediately after selecting Mayu with the 31st overall pick. And let's hear um, let's hear from Mark Bergevin on that. By drafting prospect Logan Mayu with the 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player, but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. The Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's action. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of his poor behavior and the first step on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey by providing him with the tools to mature and the necessary support to guide him in his development. Thank you, merci, et vos questions, s'il vous plaît. So uh, just to reinforce um, the statement that you read, those are the words of Mark Bergevin, um, acknowledging that there was a, a, a serious lapse of judgment, a uh, serious mistake, uh, that, um, that in their mind, and, and we should say that uh, Logan, in, in the run-up to the draft, met with 26 uh, NHL teams, and he provided to them, each one of them, um, uh, an account of the story, uh, and they were all interested. And and for the uh, the Canadians, they felt that um, that that he was sufficiently remorseful to them in his uh, in his telling of the story. Yeah, and so the day after, you got some interesting perspective uh, from Logan Mayu, and of course, 
the feelings were still strong and still are strong and they were strong that morning and you needed to really, um, this was a, a necessary watch from Logan Mayu to get some perspective on where he is along in this eight month uh, journey that he calls it that he has been on since this event and uh, he provided some of that uh, with that availability on Saturday morning. During an intimate moment with a young woman, I took a picture of us without her consent. I sent it to my teammates to impress them. It was totally irresponsible and a stupid act that I committed without thinking twice. For that lack of judgment on my part, I was fined by Swedish law. I know I caused a lot of harm to this person and her family, and I regret doing this stupid and egotistical act. I deeply regret it. What I did now is unfortunately a part of both her life and mine. I've apologized to her, but nonetheless, this will follow her for the rest of her life. And for that, I deeply and sincerely regret it. I know I had said that I did not want to be drafted this year, but as a young man who wants to become a better person, I feel that being accompanied by the Montreal Canadiens organization will help me greatly. They have committed to helping me grow as a person, and I thank them for this. I have already started my personal journey as I am participating in professional counseling. I thank them for believing in me and giving me a second chance. I promise to not let anybody down. I want to use my personal story to be a part of the solution moving forward. So, um, Logan, that was the next day um, on on Saturday. Uh, prior to the the second round starting, had a uh, uh, the Canadians had a press conference with him. Uh, he read that statement at the beginning. He read it in both English and French. Uh, and then he, um, the, the Canadians opened it up to questions from the media, and uh, he answered each and every question, uh, and many of them not easy questions at all. Um, mm-hmm. He he seemed to uh, be remorseful. You you judge for yourself in uh, in his words. Um, he seemed to be sincere. He seemed to understand the the gravity of the situation. And with the help of his counselor since February, uh, the biweekly sessions, um, he's working through it. Now uh, he's going to get some additional resources. Uh, we know that uh, Dr. David Scott has has uh, given him a personality assessment, and that's that's part of the uh, interview process with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the uh, Canadians community relations people are involved. Rob Ramage. Rob Ramage is a former London Knight. Rob Ramage, uh, the development coordinator for the Canadians, has already been involved and is already talking to uh, Logan. And um, listen, his his uh, you know he, he went on when he when he answered the question saying uh, how remorseful is he is how sorry he is uh, and that he. He understands that nothing is going to be given to him, uh, that he's going to have to earn the trust of uh, certainly the fans, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, that um, he feels that, that this is a, a, a personal journey for him. Uh, he started on that personal journey eight months ago, that, um, that he has, has changed as, as a person, um, he's changed in his character. He understands 
um, you know, that he has to be more thoughtful uh, yeah. when he makes decisions. And um, he his intention is to take a very negative, very difficult situation um, and use his platform to make it uh, positive. And that's what he'll work work on with the counseling and with uh, the staff of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what he's he's, he's going to have to do. Um, second chances are very valuable, and if you if you squander a second chance, it's not very likely that you get a third. So that is what Logan Mayu has to do in this situation. He has to try to turn this into a, as much of a positive as he can, and to learn and grow from it. And you hope that eight months might be enough for that. Um, maybe longer would have been might have served him a little bit better but regardless he's here and uh the Montreal Canadiens willing to help him and with whatever resources that they have as well so that we'll see how that goes um so Rick of course as we talked about uh there's uh very strong reactions to this on social media there is a very um you know um it is widely believed that the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the coverage of this from the media has been very harsh, and you can understand why. It is not a, um, as you said, it is not something that um, people are, are going to be comfortable, um, and, and it's not something that should be condoned, and it's not being uh, condoned uh, by anybody. And um, at this juncture, a lot of the coverage of this has not been uh, very very good for the Montreal Canadiens. They do not come out of this looking great. Um, and even in the Saravalli article, I mean, I think an, in, an interesting and pertinent part of that article was at the very end where the teams that, the four teams that had not talked or had taken Mayu off of their board said, you know, we're trying to put a team on the ice people can be proud of and support. And uh, that was one NHL front office member and we'll build a less efficient roster if need be to make sure that that's the case in our community. So even before the selection, that was what was being said by those in NHL front offices. So after the Montreal Canadiens uh, picked Logan Mayu, that was a lot of what was being said on social media and in uh, the media in general. Um. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, our listeners shouldn't get the wrong idea uh, that because we're presenting things, um, for the most part, this is difficult to do. Uh, there's mm-hmm. emotions in me and in you. We can feel it. We yeah. can hear it. Uh, we're trying to be as non-emotional and as objective about the way we present this as possible. Yes. But people, sh- because that's set uh, beside uh, the real, uh, you know, outrage, over-the-top outrage on social media that uh, that some may infer that that we condone the behavior, that we condone the pick, that we um, and, and 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 we want to we want to uh, set the record straight that we we don't uh, we just yeah. don't. Uh, I'm not vouching uh, for no. the Canadians' no. pick. I'm not vouching for the character of Logan Mayu. Um, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, th- I think, and, and, you know, as we've talked about this in, in our, uh, Slack group, um, we're on our own journey. Um, yeah. and, and Brian said it very, very eloquently and, and, uh, and, and because we on our team, uh, listen, there are fathers on our team. Um, we know what it's like to, to have, uh, um, uh, a son and we know what it's like to have a daughter and we know we we can project 
uh, you know, what it would be like if that situation happened uh, to our children. I have a nephew who just turned 17 who is is, uh, a a tremendous athlete. Uh, This really hits home for us and, and... um, we don't want to see. We don't want to see any of this. We we don't we don't condone any of this. But also, uh, nor do we approve of the outrage mob uh, that wants to uh, make sure to cancel this kid's career. Uh, that he should never be drafted. He should never play hockey again. He should never be allowed to live. the The comments are absolutely outrageous from both uh, fans who are fanatics and from from media. Uh, we're, we're just not going to go there um, because, because um, th- this, this isn't, this has to be presented objectively. Um, despite all the, the emotions that, that we have inside, because I think, um, you know, there's, there's, there's outrage. And then if you be more outrageous than outrage than the, the person beside you, then you're a better person. There's, there's a lot of, um, and, and, and there was a, a, a lawyer who, um, a, a defense lawyer who tweeted, and, and I'm just going to get his tweet up, Brian Handlarski. Um, the incident in question occurred when he was a youth. Um, he has taken responsibility and committed to being better. Uh, the problem is not Logan, Mayu, and other youth who make mistakes. The problem is journalists who virtual signal at their expense. They ex- they are exploiting this issue, um, and and those are the things that I think we need when we're we're making comments, when we're being uh, journalists, when we're doing our reporting, we need to be objective, um, and I think that that we're going to work hard to do that. The thing that that bothers me most about the Montreal Canadiens here is. Why was this? Why was this their hill to defend? Um, you know, why did why did they choose this issue to stand up and say they knew what was coming? Um, we're ready to take this. They caved pretty easily uh, when when they appointed Kirk Muller as uh, coach last year when Claude Julian uh, had health issues and and apologized for doing so. Uh, they caved to 75, pro- 75 protesters who complained about the appointment of Randy uh, Cunningworth outside uh, the, um, the Bell Centre and, and apologized. Uh, so why, why did they choose this issue? Uh, to, to st- it, it's bewildering to me. It's really bewildering to me. And why bring, you know, you want to set uh, prospects up for... Uh, to be successful, not to set them up to fail. And why bring uh, a promising prospect with this history into um, such a, a media hotbed where, um, you know, there are so many other places where, where the spotlight wouldn't have been as great, uh, where he could have taken the time, as you've said, uh, to go through the, the, the measures that he needs to go through um, and that, that, I mean, those are the kinds of questions um, that um, I'm I'm asking myself. The other question I'll ask, and I posed it to the Slack group, and and as Brian said, it was a difficult question. It's a heavy question. Is you know um, who who is doing the victimizing now when this issue uh, was resolved, and and now this constant uh, drumbeat by the media. 
constant uh, exposure of these uh, individuals. And uh, I think those are the kinds of serious questions we have to ask of the Canadians, have to ask of the media reporting. Um, and and I'm not, I'm, I don't pretend to have the answers, um, but it's, it's something that, that bothers me and bothers, bothers all of us greatly. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's, it's a part of that is that he was a first-round draft pick. So, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't as though he, he suffered a setback in, in his career aspirations. So, I mean, he is, he is where he wanted to be, uh, regardless of whether or not he asked for teams not to pick him. He is, he's realized uh, a lifelong dream here. And, uh, you know, it is eight months ago, but you also wonder what, uh, what the other half, what the victim is, is going through now as well. It's, it's, it's a, a very difficult situation and it is not an easy thing to talk about. And the Montreal Canadiens selected a, a guy in Logan Mayu here who has got a very complex history. And as I said, Rick, you know, he was 17 at the time and there's a, a good point about, as you brought it up with the lawyer, a minor, um, you know, the, the frontal lobe isn't fully developed until your 20s, makes you more susceptible to make irrational, illogical choices as a teenager. But there are how many other qualified, talented hockey players the Montreal Canadiens could have chosen in that spot? And that's where I'm at with that. I just, I don't agree with the pick. It, it was a little bit disheartening on that night and uh in the fallout of it there have been things from mayu talking about going to counseling and being on this journey that have provided uh, painted a picture of somebody who is endeavoring to better themselves but it's it's a long journey and and as i said second chance is very very valuable you don't often get third so i hope that he uh he genuinely tries and and is earnestly trying to become a better person here. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this works. We'll see how this works with Logan. And as for now, we do know that we have Trevor Timmons as well, who's talked about that selection, uh, was asked about that selection and why the Canadians would go down this road. So uh, there is a hockey story in this. Um, and um, I, I think it's important for us to tell that story too. Um, and, um, I, th I think that, uh, that we'll start, um, by, by, uh, referencing, uh, uh, Trevor Timmons's press conference and, and here's what he had to say about the hockey side of Logan Mayu. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think anybody's talked about his hockey ability and, uh, you know, the, the big reason, uh, we're happy to. He was there and to be able to select him, um, you know, he's a big young man, uh, six foot five, 218 pounds, right shot, D man, uh, heck of a shot, point shot, really good puck skills, physical, uh, can play on a power play, can play on a penalty kill. You know, he's going to be able to log, log a lot of ice times and be hard to play against. You know, it fits into that, um, you know, that mold that we have with that, uh, the big four this year through the season and the playoffs, which, uh, you know, really pushed us through the playoffs and got us to the, to the finals this year. So we see him as a really good fit, uh, lots and lots of upside and a real solid two-way defenseman that's going to be hard to play against. So he's a right shot defenseman. Of course, the Canadians um, with Weber, 
uh, missing that right shot defenseman. Uh, Kale Fleury, another one uh, gone. Noah Juleson, another one gone during the year. Uh, the Canadians had a need for right shot defensemen. Uh, we mentioned that was a bit of a point of emphasis uh, um, when we talked about rounds two through seven. Uh, here's a right shot uh, defenseman who is massive um, and uh, and with a compete level that's that's really off the charts. Um, he he's a, a physical force. Um, he's uh, got uh, one of the scouts said one of the best shots uh, in the draft, and it's it's more his wrist shot, uh, but he can put power behind a slap shot too. But more his wrist shot. Um, at this point um, uh, in his playing career, and remember he was 17 uh, and 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 playing uh, in Sweden against men. Um, he in those 19 games he had seven goals, eight assists for 15 points and 32 penalty minutes. Um, but you'll find that that he's the kind of guy that is chasing hits a lot at this point. Uh, his game is raw; it needs to be refined. Um, but he's not afraid to um, to use his frame. What, what you see is um, that. Uh, uh, his ability to read plays is is not quite there. That he'll overreact to fakes uh, and put himself into uh, um, difficult positions. Um, so this is this is the kind of prospect. As as Trevor Timmons said, this is a really good fit for the the needs of the team. Uh, both sides being a right shot, uh, being hard to play against, being one of those four Clydes de- potentially the kind of defenseman who could be one of those uh, four Clydesdales. Um, they say that that he's going to be hard to play against. They say a prospect who has a whole lot of upside. Yeah, and as I said, it was a first-round talent. There's no question about that. Uh, there were some other uh, issues there, of course, and we talked about those, but Rick, he's going to continue uh, with the London Knights. That is going to be the next stop for Logan Mayu, and we'll see how how that goes. Of course, the Hunters, as you've talked about, they've already uh, provided him with the counseling, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Both the yeah, both the psychological assessment and the biweekly counseling, and a commitment to to make sure that. Uh, they're going to help him along this jersey journey get uh, on track. London Knights, um, um, the best uh, uh, junior development program in the world, um, and with the Hunters at the helm, um, Logan's going to have the best chance uh, to turn this around. Uh, but um, it's going to be up to him to do that, and we'll see, we'll see if it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's all up to him at this point. So, yeah, Rick, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we'll get to some reactions and more. Uh, Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 147 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, uh, this has obviously been, as we've talked about, a, a, a widespread issue on social media that we've seen some reactions to that. Um, and we've also, as we talked about earlier, social media is where you can follow the AHL report. And the AHL report is covering uh, this showcase, the summer showcase, and doing a fine job as always. Amy Johnson doing a wonderful job. And earlier, we talked about another Canadian's draft pick, Oliver Kapanen, who had scored a goal. And yeah, Rick, uh, that is a great place to be to follow for all the latest on Habs prospects. So AHL.report or AHLReport.com is your destination uh, for uh, all of the, the prospect news. Uh, but on Twitter, it's at the AHL Report. And, and there, yeah. Amy Johnson uh, will, will be covering this tournament uh, uh, about prospects. And that's where you can get a lot of information. You can ask questions uh, mm-hmm. about a prospect and uh, you can get an idea because uh, she's, uh, she's going to be covering. Uh, covering each game, as well as having uh, exclusive interviews uh, with uh, a couple of the Canadians' prospects. And you'll get more of that on our sister podcast, The Press Zone Montreal. That comes out every Tuesday. Make sure you're subscribed to The Press Zone Montreal. Um, And you mentioned that uh, there was uh, some reaction. Um, There was a lot of reaction on social media, uh, you know, undoubtedly about the the choice of of Logan Mayu. Um, our, our all Habs Facebook page, um, there, I think there was, um, uh, some sober thoughts, sober reflection, um, about, uh, both what he, what Mayo, uh, did and, and the consequences of that and about, uh, second chances and those kinds of things. So go to, uh, uh, facebook.com slash all Habs to, uh, join that, uh, discussion on Twitter, I, I picked this comment out because uh, it, it was a little different than than uh, the most than most of them, uh, and it comes from a former uh, contributor to All Habs, 
Joanna, uh, and I'll just say Joanna Z. Um, I, I thought this was a little bit different, and it's a a, a bit of a, a thread here. Uh, Joanna says what Logan Mayo did is unacceptable, but calling him a sexual delinquent, sexual abuser, or a predator is way overboard. He was denounced, accused, and punished. The fact that journalists are writing articles detailing every ounce of his and the victim's privacy is illegal, but also extremely not helpful. You can blame the association for drafting him, that's the Canadians, after he said he would withdraw from the draft, but you can't blame a teenager for a stupid act that he genuinely feels remorse for. Confidentiality matters a lot in these cases, and continuing to expose him doesn't help the victim, but I guess anything for the big headline, right? Again, Maybe he shouldn't have been drafted um, right away, but if you don't believe that people can change, especially when the act was committed at such a young age, then I have bad news for you. Um, so I thought it was was something um, a little bit different and worthy uh, to to read here uh, in the reaction. And and I should say, if you have reactions, uh, uh, reach out to us on on Twitter. Reach out to us on Facebook. Send us an email info at allhabs.net. Send us a text. 5853 Rocket, our Rocket Sports line. We're, we're uh, glad to hear from you and hear uh, all kinds of perspectives on this issue because we know uh, there are all, are all kinds of uh, emotional feelings and, uh, and, and views on this particular subject. Absolutely. And yeah, we always love to hear from our listeners. So certainly do that if you have any thoughts here. But uh, Rick, we will say... Goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back. Free agency coming up next Free week. Free agency is coming up, and we're going to talk about that on our next week on next week's show on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be as we said. It's it's a lot that's happened in a very short period of time. And free agency. I mean, trades have already been happening with contracts that have been agreed to the terms, but perhaps not signed yet. Those are the things that are going to be being ironed out in the coming days as we lead up towards free agency and once we're there so always a very exciting time of year and yeah we're going to talk about that on next week's show we'll be back to our regular recording on saturday uh now that we're you know we don't have the uh expansion draft and the draft to react to we'll be back to our regular uh scheduled programming here on the canadians connection podcast but yes rick should be a very exciting week uh with with free agency coming up Absolutely. Uh, so that's Wednesday. We're going to have a go to allhabs.net. We talked about uh, our headlines post. We're going to have uh, Chris G uh, on Monday with his uh, Habs notepad and uh, on social media. We'll be all over free agency. And and uh, let's see what Mark, Ber- Mark Bergen had a great off season last year in bringing in pieces. Uh, let's see what he does uh, with uh, free agency starting on July 28th. Absolutely. So we'll just have to wait and see what he does here. But yes, Rick, we'll be back, as I said, on Saturday discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.